0: Well, actually, my mother said that I was actually singing before I was talking. And uh, there never was a time that, you know, it just came upon me. Uh, I was always musically uh, directed and inclined uh, from a kid. Um, It was just, it just made the most sense to me, uh, always. Uh, And... uh, I always knew what I wanted to do. I was always um, very focused on um, playing music and singing and playing drums, and you know, studying the craft. It was always my greatest interest.
1: And when did you first realize that you had like a remarkable
0: vocal ability? Was that like much later on, or did you know early on? Like, I'm actually. I'm still realizing that I think (laughs) you know uh, the instrument is uh, something that uh, is uh, evolving and uh, uh, it's a exploration you know you're always discovering things about uh, the instrument at least I like to look at it that way Um, I grew up mimicking female vocalist uh, because i you know for no reason other than i just like the way uh, sarah vaughn and mahalia jackson morgana king uh Dinah washington nancy wilson i just deon warwick you know just i just love those songs so i would you know grew up just singing those singing them but uh i actually studied operatic baritone all right in uh, in college, because I'm, a, as you can hear, a morning voice. Yeah. I'm I'm a natural baritone, um, and uh, the falsetto uh, gives me about, you know, good days like a four octave range from my baritone yeah. to first soprano. Yeah. I mean,
1: it's uh, you're v- you're very famous for the for the soaring high vocals, but
0: obviously, you know, you as as you just said, you can kind of tackle that. Whole different side to singing. Well Maurice and I both had that the, that gift uh, with the, the baritone and the falsetto and that's how we developed the earth, wind and fire sound. Me and he, him uh, doing all the vocals, uh, molting or doubling the vocals and we would both sing up and we both sang down. But for purposes of identification Maurice chose, uh, sang most of the, uh, uh, the baritone uh, uh, signature songs and I would pinch hit and then I would sing the, the, the falsetto stuff but yeah. there's several songs on our catalogue where I'm singing in my baritone um, and uh, and do you prefer singing like one more than the other or do you just not really I you know I it's just a, a form of expression um, you know you need to you know express yourself and 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 tender you know ways as well as aggressive ways you know so it's just part of uh, the uh, expression of the voice and do you have to do anything to take care of your voice yeah I've been real blessed Uh, I haven't had any issues uh, with my voice but I've learned over the years you know what I can and what I cannot do um, in terms of uh, you know keeping it uh, in shape so one, one thing that I think
1: personally is that Earth Wind and Fire, obviously you guys are a very celebrated band like globally, and sold huge quantities of records and pe- people everywhere listen to your, listen to your stuff but i I would say that you 're quite underrated as, w- as well as that mm-hmm. um, and particularly if people rather than just knowing like September or Boogie Wonderland mm-hmm. actually knew a bit about what it took to develop that unique sound. Um, how did you first like, come to meet uh, Maurice White? And um, you know, I'd, I'd just love, love to hear a bit more about how that band started.
0: Well, we had a band in, in Denver that myself and Larry Dunn and Andrew Woolfolk were in. And uh, Earth, Wind & Fire, the first band that was signed to Warner Brothers came to Denver and through a mutual friend and, a, and who was then a promotion man at Warner Brothers, Perry Jones, he put us on the opening act for that. And that's how we actually met. I actually met Maurice on the elevator. Uh, and uh, I always uh, joke about this. He, he smelled like coconut oil, you know, because that was the thing for, you know, like the, the hipsters back yeah. then, you know, and, and they're coming from Chicago in the big city. And uh, so uh, that was the a, a first memory. Um, but yeah, we, we opened the show. They got a chance to, to actually see us. Uh, later on, uh, I w- uh, had the opportunity to move to Los Angeles and uh, uh, when they began to reform, uh, they asked me to be in a band and I, and I uh, enlisted uh, Several of my bandmates from Denver, Larry Dunn and Andrew Woolfolk.
1: And what stage of Earth, Wind, and Fire was that? Had had there been oh, one record?
0: Well, there had been uh, actually two records on Warner Brothers um, with uh, a, 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 a guys that were Maurice's age. Yeah. Um, and Bob Cavallo actually, when they when they started to to really. Uh, noticed that that wasn't going to actually be the uh, workout. Uh, Bob Cavallo talked to Maurice and said, you know, you need to get yourself, and we found this out afterwards, um, you need to find yourself some young guys, you know, more Verdine's age, because Verdine was in the band, They're both in both bands. Yeah. And. Uh, because yes. how old was Maurice at this stage? Like, he was ten third, years older than years us. Years, or yes, or yes. and we were we were twenty we were twenty one when we started uh, with Earth, yeah. Wind and Fire. Me, m- me and Verdine and Ralph and uh, and and at this stage, like the sound was not. No, we ha- hadn't developed the signature sound yet. The signature sound that everyone knows was developed um, in this this group. You know uh, the uh, the nine iconic members. Yeah. Um, that's how the signature sound was developed over, over from years. that over the years, um, but relatively pretty quickly because uh, you know you know two records in, we were in our stride, and the sound had been uh, really uh, solidified. And do you you know from because I've 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 read quite a lot.
1: About the band's history, and it seems like a, a lot of graft was put into it. Um, do you do you, do you recall like really having to work very hard? Like, we worked
0: and... we, we worked tirelessly. Yeah. We you know we you know uh, one thing about uh, Maurice is he had a a fierce work ethic, and because we were that age, uh, we didn't know any better than to just follow his lead. So we learned early on. You know, we didn't have very many days off, you know, yeah, um, and that means holidays and stuff included. you know we were always we we're always working. I remember you know, we could be on tour and uh, we might set up some place and have a rehearsal, you know, uh, even if you had like shows later even if we had shows that night, <laughs> you know or wow. after, you know, because um, it was just that serious that uh, we're very uh, determined uh, and focused on accomplishing a mission to uh, have the best band that we could have.
1: And so we talk about the the signature Earth, Wind & Fire sound, and I think there's a fair amount of misconception among casual fans that Earth, Wind & Fire, and I know that this is certainly something that Maurice White would hate, would have hated to hear open and fire like a disco band <laughs> you know that that's not that's not the case obviously how would you just well, de- how would you describe the, the sound i think I mean, we it describe a bit it so as a
0: you know collection it's kind of like a fusion band yeah a fusion band made commercial you know it's a fusion band made commercial because you know all those different elements of uh Different genres that represent the band from you know Latin, classical, pop, gospel, rock, you know R&B. You know, um, I mean, we even have you know songs in there that uh, you know where we do uh, more of a, an acoustic sound. You know, with uh, write a song for you. Yeah. You know, and so you know it. It represents a wide spectrum of our musical taste. I grew up listening to middle-of-the-road music, you know, from Denver, listening to, you know, country, pop, you know. So when I got in the band, you know, I recommended us doing that song, Make It With You, that bread song. Yeah, yeah. And, uh, you know, so we've, you know, we've always just been, eclectic yeah very eclectic and and those those
1: obviously there have been those those kind of like up tempo there are those
0: signature hits that you know someone would you know gravitate to and and uh if that's all you know then you know but that's just the tip of the iceberg that's right it's just one element and of of all the kind of classic era
1: albums Aside from those hits, and aside from sort of like other kind of other things, like different to Let's Groove and all that type of stuff, like Love's Holiday. Aside from that, what's a kind of like what are a few deep cuts that like a big fan or somebody who thinks they're a big fan of Earth, Wind and Fire should listen to? Like
0: well, your, I would, your go, I, would, I would go back and listen to early Earth, Wind and Fire, um, but I also uh, thought that uh, the Faces album. Was a good representation of Earth, Wind, and Fire. Uh, still very much in their stride. I think that the record came along, and, and it, we was probably more music on it that uh, you know it, that needed to be or whatever. But I thought that just artistically, that the you know that we were very much in in the stride of the, you know original guys.
1: Yeah. And so, in terms of produce, producers that you worked with, um, how did it compare, sort of like having, because Charles Stepney was like a big, absolutely, big part of you guys creating your sound. And then, for what's you know a lot of people's favourite Wind and Fire song, after Love Is Gone, then you started working with David Foster, who's somewhat of a controversial figure among some parts of the music industry, it seems. Hmm. So like. How did you guys find working with a producer like that having had such a a brilliant relationship with Charles
0: Stepney? Well, you know, it was totally different working with Charles Stepney. Charles Stepney was more of a co-partner with Maurice and he was really a mentor for us um, as a musician, um, songwriter, arranger, so he really taught us a lot, you know, we, we were under his tutelage really uh, in many respects um, and Maurice re- very much respected Charles and listened to, to Charles you know uh, on a different level than, than we did of course. Um, with David Foster it was you know uh, respect pretty much amongst equals. Um, he and uh, Maurice I thought that I thought that that was probably the, the, the last uh, of the great um, uh, bodies of music that, that, that we did. Because um, Maurice very much, it, it just clicked. It yeah. really worked, the chemistry worked. Um, David is uh, very, very talented. And Maurice could take those uh, ideas and make them very commercial and uh, catchy yeah um make hits out of them yeah because he was you know, he, he had all the, the knowledge of the chords you know, exactly Foster, that was that, right. very very accomplished uh, theorist music theory um, music uh, uh, arranger pianist and and songwriter yeah and and
1: and i guess you know he kind of he went on to prove it but this was very it was very early. He was very young. Was he younger yeah, than you guys? Very young.
0: He was very young. Yeah. Um, you know, we always. You know, he always tells us stories about him. You know, standing in line to to, to get, you know, the, the records when they came out and all that stuff. And he was very nervous when he played when he came to the studio and and played uh, that. Uh, you know, the, the after the love is gone for us. You know, but Maurice uh, recognized right on David you know, tells, uh, so only he can tell it better uh, what influence Maurice had on him as a yeah. producer.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think I've, you know, I've seen a clip on YouTube of you guys yeah. playing his... Yeah, he's very, and yeah. Stuff on his,
0: he's very uh, out front about, you know, exactly how Maurice, uh, influenced that, that influenced him and how he was able to really change and direct him. And the deep cuts on that record, like, you know, like, weight or style or things like that are just,
1: you know, just as good as the hits, really.
0: Yeah, you know, uh, we were, you know, we were in that enviable enviable position, like a ball team, you know, winning a pennant or or whatever, where everything aligns together at the right time, you know, the musician and all the uh, people on the out, you know, on the inner circle Um, the record company, you know, and and the, you know, the public that we were playing for. So it was, you know, a sweet period. Yeah. And uh, well, I mean, when you've got such a long career, um,
1: I guess it can be quite irritating to constantly have these like nostalgia trips.
0: So I want to fast forward to today. You've got a new record out. I have a new record that I worked on for about uh, two years. Um, I, you know, Because I'm I'm really blessed to have my musical skills still at a a very high level, I wanted to do a a record with A-listers. I had a relationship with uh, uh, Christian McBride and Chick Corea. So we started there with the the collaboration and recorded, and then we moved on with uh, Robert Glasper and uh, uh, Kamazi Washington. Christian Scott. Um, uh, it, it, it's a project I'm very proud of. It debuted number one on the jazz charts, and uh, I've been out doing uh, some uh, solo dates with uh, uh, some great musicians from the East Coast. Oh, well, uh, you know, so I call that my 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 uh, my night gig. <laughs> and, and, and EWF, my day gig. Your day gig. Well, those are those are two good gigs to have. Two you've... gigs to have. Two great gigs.
1: And of all the, you know, of all, of all the guys in Earthwind and Fire, you've you've had the most successful solo career. How does, how does that make you feel?
0: Well, you know, I've always uh, I've always wanted to make sure that I could uh, explore every opportunity to uh, be creative. And to evolve as an artist. Um, I've uh, won Grammys for my gospel records. I've you know, I've had number one hits with, you know, the Phil Collins uh, easy uh, easy lover on the Chinese Wall record that, that I did. So I've done uh, The ten, Chinese Wall was a huge yeah, huge album. Yeah, in yeah internationally, yeah. So I've done, you know, ten solo projects and um Love Will Find your Way is the tenth on Verve. Uh, but yeah, it gives me an opportunity to just really branch out, and spread, spread my wings and not be in the confounds of just what's expected with Earth, Wind & Fire. Because people have a preconceived idea of what it just sounds like, or whatever. And, and
1: and I guess you've got you've got to make sure that you're getting on well, like with, like a band is a band, it's all You know consistent. what,
0: it's never, ever, it's never really ever been a problem. Um, you know, because uh, I'm able to, uh, to to grow in that area and then bring back, come back and have more to give, you know, to the to the home front. And when you collaborated with Phil Collins, were you a fan of his work already? I was, and the uh, the Phoenix Horns actually were working records. with him on his record, and they introduced us, and uh, that was a fan, really fun time in, in in my life and career, uh, spending that much time in 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 England, and uh, I was you know. I had my routine, you know, yeah, getting on the tube and going to my tennis lessons and going to the <laughs> gym and the whole thing. I had my my little community over there, so that was great.
1: Yeah, and that record really, you know, has held up. Like it's, yeah, it's one of
0: his biggest hits. It definitely, it definitely did. He uh, he still performs that on his on his uh, tours and it's on his greatest hits. Uh, and did he make it clear to you, because it's like obvious if you're a big Earth Wind and Fire fan and you're a big
1: Phil Collins fan, did he like make it clear to you how much of an influence you, you were on his
0: sound? Oh, most definitely. Well, you know, he, he sought us out. You yeah, know, he because, sought out Yeah, days. he sought out, you know, the, the Earth Wind and Fire horns, you know, because he, you know, he was a fan. Um, there was a, at a time actually where, you know, there was a little, a uh, little quiet, uh, conversations conversation about him perhaps uh, producing some things on Earth Wind and Fire. That could uh, have, have been That would have been mate. would that have been in the eighties or something? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. he
1: produced like a few things for like other artists in the eighties. That would I,
0: I thought that could be that could have been very, been awesome. very interesting, yeah. Well,
1: it's not too late.
0: Not too late. Not too late.
1: Um, but my final question to you, Phil, is what are the Songs in your career that you 're the most proud of, um, because there will be pe- people watching this who aren 't as knowledgeable as me and won't have actually heard that many of them, and uh, they probably should i think
0: oh well you know um wow difficult um, question. you know i'm you know i'm i 'm always in the present um, but um I think that the uh I think that that's the way of the world record, you know, is some of our and I am and all in all are some of our our greatest works. I mean, obviously, um, you know, my triumph album that won a Grammy and, you know, the Chinese Wall and uh, and from the new record, yeah, and from the new record, you know, um, I think that, uh, you know, we did covers of uh, Curtis Mayfield on on there and Annie Lennox. I mean, not Annie Lennox, Abby Lincoln. Um, but yeah, uh, and we did some instrumentals on there, but um, uh, but it's a collection of music that we intentionally uh, really carved from start to finish with a theme in mind. Well, I'm looking forward to listening to it again. Thanks very uh, thank much. Thank you. Enjoy it. Thanks. Thanks for the interview.